0: Hello and welcome to On the Road with the Legal Talk Network. I'm Patrick Palace and it's a pleasure to be here with you. Today we're going to be recording live from the Expo Hall floor at the ABA Tech Show 2020 in the Windy City in Chicago, Illinois. Joining me, I have an amazing guest, uh, Mary Shan O'Carroll. Welcome to the show, Mary.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Before we get to this topic, can we just, you know this is coming, can we just talk about you for a minute?
1: <laughs> Always happy to talk about myself. <laughs> I
0: presume that everyone who's listened to the podcast today probably knows exactly who you are, but for those that are new to the show or haven't had the chance to hear you speak, can you tell us a little bit about your background and who you are?
1: Sure. So my background is I'm not an attorney, uh, but I've been in the world of the legal industry for nearly 20 years. Right. Started my career really uh, with a background in business, in investment banking and consulting, and then went to work at Oric, uh, where I was focused on profitability and working with the COO, running the business of a law firm. After that, I got a call from Google. I joined Google in about 2008 uh, as their first hire in legal operations. That team uh, has grown to nearly 60 people now. So we uh, manage the outside counsel, financial management, vendor management, systems and tools, knowledge management, process improvement, business intelligence, professional development, sort of everything under the sun of operations at at Google.
0: So bring this down for a guy like me who has a a small law firm, and I'm looking up at this monolith Google, (laughs) and somebody who has the title Director of Legal Operations Technology and Strategy. Tell me what that means and the nuts and bolts of what it is that you do and how I might appreciate that job.
1: Sure. So it's uh, basically running like the COO of the legal department. So for us, we have a pretty big department, but legal operations is popping up in departments of all sizes in every industry, sort of all over the world now. Um, And the scope of the role varies, but for the most part, uh, and you can go to clock and actually see the the 12 core areas that that legal operations uh, focuses on. I can tell you a little bit about my group. Um, So as I mentioned, we're we're a fairly large organization and it's it's grown over time and our scope has changed over time. Uh, but the first area we focus on is on financial management which includes budgeting, planning, managing our outside counsel and vendors, right sourcing, uh, dealing with engagements, conflicts, budgets, uh, rates, things like that, RFPs, so on and so forth. The next part of our team is focused on systems and tools and knowledge management. So it's really getting business requirements, understanding what we need, Uh, putting in or evaluating systems, either building them, implementing them, maintaining them. Uh, Other parts of our team do learning and development, so putting together programs to train, do professional development, CLEs, uh, keeping up the library of resources for everybody. And then we have a team that does business intelligence, we have a team that builds tools, we have a team that does project management and process improvement. So really looking across our internal resources and department how we're getting the work done and trying to figure out if there's ways to improve that. So sort of like an internal consulting team.
0: It's really impressive how many roles, how many hats <laughs> that that you wear, <laughs> you know, in your job every day. And, and that it doesn't end there, right? You just mentioned uh, CLOCK, the Corporate Legal Operations Consortium, and you play a role there because you're the, you're the president, right?
1: Right. I've been involved in CLOCK since its founding in 2016 and took the role of president at the beginning of 2019. And, and
0: what's the mission of CLOCK?
1: So CLOCK has five pillars, and essentially it is in some ways an organization that was built to help people do their jobs better. So essentially we have membership of legal ops professionals all around the globe and we share ideas and best practices. That that is fundamentally how we started. Um, But we learned very quickly that this has grown into what we believe is a global movement. And there are so many believers that the industry can change and be a better place for all the players involved. And so we have uh, pillars that are involved in educating, on moving forward, progressing the ecosystem and the industry and having industry change, networking. So all those things.
0: Now what's beautiful about having you on the show and having you here at the tech show is that you're one of those people that gets to see the entire legal industry from truly the 10,000 foot view. And so I, I want to talk about that and drill down, I think it fits in with your mission with clock and it fits in your mission in Google. There's a shift right now in the legal economy. There's a big shift And I want to hear from you what that looks like from your chair, high alofted in Google.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a very exciting time to be a part of this industry and be part of the change that's happening. And I always say how lucky we are to be in roles where we're not changing our own departments, but the things that we're doing are actually affecting a larger industry and profession. So, yes, I think we've been having a lot of the same conversations for a long time, right? So I've been in the industry for nearly 20 years. I'm sure many listeners have been in there longer. And a lot of us have been asking, you know, why do we do things the same way? And why is it that we're so traditional and not moving forward like every other industry has in the world and been disrupted? And I kind of feel like in the last few years, we're seeing that, right? The shift has started to happen. Everywhere you look in the industry, you're starting to see those changes around us. And so there's sort of no denying that we're no longer frozen in time. We're moving forward, we're modernizing, we're innovating. And um, that that time has come.
0: So I think you hit that key word. It's one of those buzzwords you hear everywhere. Innovation, innovation, innovation. One of the resolutions that was passed by the ABA House last week was 115, which encourages innovation in the legal profession, jurisdiction to jurisdiction. And that can be different depending on where you are, whether you're in a traditional law firm or you're in a large corporate setting. But I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, what does that mean to lawyers, to especially smaller firms, medium-sized firms? What does that innovation piece look like from, yeah. from your so perspective? To
1: me, the definition of an in- innovation is really just taking something and looking at the way it's currently done, turning it on its head and doing it a little differently. You know, we all seem to, to latch on to innovation equals technology, and that's certainly a huge part of it. I mean, technology is everywhere in all of our lives and, and disrupting sort of every industry that exists out there. And yes, it is happening in legal and it has a huge part to play, but innovation to me is, is really everything. I mean, so much of it is just people and process and change management. Our industry's been steeped in tradition for so long. We have taught people how to do things the way it's always been done, and right. we've incentivized right. them, right? I mean, there's there's reasons that they're motivated to continue the same way. Until now, there hasn't been a lot of reasons to change. Um, but that's here, and a lot of that's coming from the clients. A lot of that's being driven from the legal operations role. People who are focused on efficiency and effectiveness are asking, can we do things differently? What are some other options for the way services are delivered or how we can work.
0: So I love this whole conversation where this is going because, you know, our legal industry has always been, even though maybe not a pure monopoly, it's been kind of monopolistic in that you have to have a license. Only those people who have a license can practice law. We have a not- practice of law protections. It's very siloed. Yeah. And uh, those walls are breaking down. And, and lawyers can't stay in their silo anymore because there's a lot of outside influences pushing inward. Google is not a law firm. Google is right is, right. is, is a massive tech company. Talk to me a little bit about how those walls are coming down and how that silo is breaking and how the ecosystem around law is invading the way, for good reason, yeah. uh, how we practice law.
1: Absolutely. I mean- Silos are everywhere in the world of law, and and part of that is just because of the way lawyers practice, right? It's a very solitary role, And, and that's, again, part of the tradition that's been embedded in this industry. And the way the whole world is becoming more connected. The whole world is starting to collaborate more and every part of the business needs to be more integrated and can't just work in these silos. And legal has stood on an island for some time and now those walls are changing and breaking down. So legal now has to keep up with the pace of the rest of the business and is becoming integrated is an advisor to the rest of the business. That role of the GC, that role of the legal department has fundamentally shifted and is gonna continue to change. And so as we are getting more pressure to do things faster and better and move at the speed of business, um, we're starting to ask those questions of how can we deliver value? How can we do things differently? And the ecosystem is there, right? So instead of only being able to work with law firms, now you have a whole bunch of different options. And it's not just the big law firms that we need to work with, it's small law firms, it's regional, it's specialists, it's alternative service providers, it's leveraging technology. So, all these, wor- these worlds are coming into play, and the ecosystem is becoming kind of where we play now, and it is not just within our own worlds and silos. We have to work together to get the work done.
0: Well, there's lots of levers here that get pulled, and one of the levers, it seems to me, is that shift that's coming from outside the profession inward of being consumer-centric, right? Google, uh, Amazon, Microsoft, huge influences to give consumers what they want by looking at the consumer needs first. Lawyers are kind of famous for being lawyer-centric. We know right. how to practice law, right. we know what you need, we know how we're gonna deliver our legal services. That's right. uh, Talk about that influence, particularly where, where Google comes from, how that's changing, this consumer-centric vision is changing the practice of
1: law. Yeah, well, if you think about it, for so long, the business model of the law firms has been at odds with what the the value that legal departments or corporations are looking for. So if you think about it being more customer-focused and client-focused, we're really looking for the whole industry to change and to think about what the clients need. And the clients are asking for value and results and innovation. And that's, again, sometimes at odds with the billable hour and the model that's selling you time rather than efficiency and effectiveness and getting stuff done at the speed of business.
0: You've talked a little bit about this change in in operations, particularly legal operations. And I think this feeds into what you're doing with CLOCK. Why is this operations piece so critical to delivering legal services and meeting consumer expectations?
1: So again, the role of the legal department and the general counsel has changed fundamentally, right? No longer are you this solo specialist sitting in the the island that is the legal department. You're integrated with the business, and the business has demands. The business wants you to move quickly and and generate more value. We're feeling more pressure from our CFOs to deliver value, right? Just like every other function in, in the corporation. And so with that pressure, We're looking outside. We're we're trying to get things done faster and legal operations is in place because now the general counsel has to wear all these new hats in addition to being the sort of chief lawyer, right? And so we're helping find other options of getting work done. We're helping ensure that we're getting good value out of the dollars that we're spending. And when we're doing that, we're, we're looking outside the walls of our own department now And we're asking folks to work with us to deliver things with more value, deliver things faster. And that's creating a demand in the the market for something that never existed before, right? Demand for more technology and automation, which the legal industry hasn't asked for in decades. We're asking for different pricing models, different ways to deliver the work, which could mean disaggregating it, using legal project managers to bring it all back together. All of this is very new and different from the way work was done in the past. So you need operations, people to kind of put that in place.
0: So I'm wondering in that continuum, we go from delivering legal services in the corporate setting where corporations simply want, maybe they're moving all their counsel in house, they want greater efficiency, they want guarantees, not just billable hours forever, right? I I get all that efficiency and and you're working on those things. Um, I'm wondering how far you can that continuum out. Do we get somewhere where we're affecting access to justice now? Rather than doing one-on-one representation, it's one-on-many. We're finding, uh, yesterday we talked about online dispute resolutions, a tool, retooling the court systems, changing some of the rules. How far does the mission that you have at Google and the mission you have at CLOCK extend into bridging the access to justice gap with the tools of efficiency and
1: and tech? It's a great question. So in both my roles, obviously, we're very focused on the corporate legal department and and delivering services to corporations. But I've had some interesting conversations with folks about how much that is changing, how much that pressure is, is putting pressure on the industry from not just the corporate side, but it's starting to Give pressure on the consumer side and access to justice. Where, when the entire industry starts to shift, when the way legal services are delivered looks different for a corporation, how is it that it it, can still remain the same for the consumers? Of course, that's going to bleed over to the other side, and we're seeing that pressure um, happen, and I I find that even more exciting.
0: And what's the response? What do you see practitioners? Uh, and the legal sphere doing? What's changing? Like
1: from the law firms? Yes. Yeah, I see a whole spectrum. So this is all new. It can be very scary. I've described sort of three buckets of law firms' reactions that I'm seeing, broadly speaking. One are the folks who see the wave of change and don't believe that there's a problem are kind of waving it away. And, <laughs> you know, there is a lot of firms that, that right. fall into this bucket. The second area... Are they
0: heading towards (laughs) extinction, do you think?
1: Well, you said it, not me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll Um, own that. The second bucket is the group that sees that they need to do something, and they want to do something, but it's probably in a much more limited way, where they want to invest, but they're almost making it like a project where they hire someone, then they make it someone's job to innovate for the firm, whereas the rest of the firm is kind of staying on course to do business as usual. So they're, they're keeping the strategy and the business away from the experimentation that's happening. And then the third bucket of firms I call the committed, and those are the ones who actually see the changes coming, not as a threat, but as a real genuine opportunity to lead and change and and to redefine themselves into something that's even more successful, more viable, and more profitable in the future. And I believe that 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 can happen.
0: I see a trend happening, particularly in large firms of mergers, 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 bigger, bigger, bigger. And I'm wondering uh, if you see that as really a a sufficient tool in order to provide greater services by sheer volume and size, or whether you think that's an end run of what needs to be faced, which is
1: finding the value. It depends. It's, it's hard to say exactly what's motivating all the mergers and what's happening. I do think from a corporate side, yes, it is helpful to have a large firm at your disposal to work with because if they are uh, well operated you know you can work with one point of contact and get a lot done and if they're thinking about things in a scalability model and leveraging technology you know having one firm to go to who has uh, their arms spread across the world in multiple practice areas sure that can actually be very efficient and effective for us
0: so the million dollar question where are we going look down look Tell me what the horizon looks like from where where you are.
1: Now, unfortunately, I wish I had the answers. Right, the crystal ball is right here, don't you see it? (laughs) It'd be fantastic if I could come here and tell all the firms and tell everyone what needs to happen to be that successful firm in the future, but we don't know. Uh, What I do know is that it's going to take all of us working together and to collaborate in order to get to the future that gives everyone the value and um, the sustainability that we need.
0: I love that, I love that vision. Well, we've reached the end of the road for this episode, and I, I really want to thank uh, you, Mary, Mary Shannon Carroll, for taking time uh, and joining us today. If listeners have questions or wish to follow up, how can they find you or contact you?
1: You can contact me through LinkedIn or via clock at mary@clock.org. At
0: and also, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us at Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Spotify. Or your favorite podcasting app. I'm Patrick Pallas. Until next time, thank you for listening. Yeah. All right, good job, everybody. Good job. See you, Mary. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes.